I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, a feature on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. And with me today, as always, on Wednesday, my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up? Uh, man, Thunder destroyed the Jazz, and it was so glorious. It was their, it was their largest nine-point win in Thunder history. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a fun one. That was a fun one. I feel like it was the tipping point for national coverage. Yeah. Because after that game, we started, and, and during that game, Dave DeFore <laughs> of 20 different podcasts, he suggested that Paul George was an MVP candidate during the game. What do you think about that? I mean, sure. Like, you, you could mention, I think you could mention him. I, I'm, I'm much more interested in the defensive player of the year because I think he legitimately has a, a claim to be in like one of the top spots. Yeah, I, um, I totally agree with that. I mean, if the Thunder can hold the best defense in the league, uh, then someone on the Thunder is going to get a look. And I, Steven Adams has been awesome, but I really feel like it should be Paul George. I think that he's been the real catalyst to that. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And then we, we had a, a nice article on the Ringer. Sports Illustrated had a nice article. It's just I feel like we're reaching this tipping point. Now, this is dangerous, Andrew, because this means that more people are going to start watching OKC. And now, of course, they're reaching a more difficult part of their schedule. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see if they're real or not. But it, yeah, it, w- it was a very satisfying game. Of course, Utah was on the second night of a back to back. They also got blown out the night before by the Spurs, the which Spurs was strange. Who just aren't that good. The Spurs just aren't that good. Hey, they've won three in a row, Andrew. So back off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, I, you know, I listened to, uh, after you told me to, <laughs> I listened to a little Locked On Jazz. Oh, yeah. A little Locked On Jazz. And, and their big thing is either the schedule's been really tough, which it has. I went through it. They've had a pretty tough schedule, especially yeah. compared to the Thunder. And then they're talking about, you know, the rule changes and has like Utah been the most affected team by these rule changes, which I just don't know. Like, I feel like at some point you have to stop using that as excuse. Like Gobert is still a good defensive player. They just have to figure right. out how to make him work better with these new rules. But that, yeah, they've been a weird team and they look so anemic on offense. Whereas like last year they were kind of terrifying because you never knew who was going to be scoring. It was almost like a strength of theirs. And now you look at their, a lot of these lineups you put out there and it's like, Oh, these look like some OKC thunder bench units, like all bench units. (laughs) How are they going to score? Right. Yeah. I mean, and the thing against the thunder is that last season they could pass the ball around until they found the right matchup. <clears throat> and they did right. that to Mello over and over and over again. And that they didn't have that. There's no one, there's no weak link. And that's, I mean, I think Donovan Mitchell said it best. He said, it reminded me of, of game five, you know, where they went on that run, except for they did it the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is a great quote, but it's true. This is just a diff. This team is just different. They're a lot different. And I, I tweeted this yesterday that the six players the Thunder lost last season, every single player is not playing on an NBA team right now. <laughs> really? Yes. I'm gonna I'm Ooh. gonna pull up the tweet because I because I was looking at it and I was like, well, let's see who. I, I, honestly, when I sat down to look at it, I was like, well, let's just see who the Thunder lost and who they replaced them with because they they've been a lot better. And I think roster moves have been one of the biggest things about it. So here's the six players the Thunder lost. Carmelo Anthony, not playing for a team. Josh Eustis, not playing for a team. Corey Brewer, not signed to a team. Dakar Johnson was cut in the preseason. Nick Collison retired. Kyle Singler waved and stretched and gone into the ether. 
God, that's like half the roster. <clears throat> yeah, that's six players. And here, and they brought in Deontay Burton, Schroeder, Nerlens, Diallo, TLC, and Abdul Nader. Abdul Nader. I still call him Abdel sometimes. Abdul. And all those guys are 24 or younger. Yeah, and they're like athletic wings that you could at least see as a part of a lineup somewhere. Some of these guys, I mean, some of these guys won't end up being NBA players. I'm not, I don't really know what to think about Abdul Nader. Uh, TLC obviously is a guy that's not going to make the rotation, but what they, the way that they turn their roster around to fit the Thunder roster that they've wanted uh, was super impressive. And to do it in one off season uh, was pretty crazy to replace six players that are basically, I mean, the proven to be non NBA players and mellow probably by choice, a non NBA player because he just refuses to accept um, his correct role at this point, but still, that's that's one of the huge reasons why the Thunder sit at number one in the in the Western Conference right now. Yeah, and as a result, you have games like this against Utah where they blow them out on a night where Westbrook just really had an off night. I mean, he still had a triple double. He still had a lot of nice plays. There was that one pass to oh Stephen Adams. It was crazy. <laughs> so crazy. Uh, but but you you could see like it was just a weird night for Westbrook. We threw off his arm sleeves at the end. He like stomped yeah. away to the to the locker room before anyone else left. And kind of going off of that, you know, we we've talked a lot about Paul George, potential MVP candidate, deep boy, deep boy candidate. <laughs> but I wanted to mention how much of a welcome personality he is on this team as a second star. Yeah. Because Russ can be exhausting at times. And when I saw him miss those free throws at the end and then throw off his arm sleeves and then stomp back to the locker room before anyone else did, I felt anxious. I was like, oh, no, dad's mad. (laughs) Daddy's angry. (laughs) And then PG in the postgame, he's just so relaxed. He said, I just talked to Westbrook in the back of the locker room. I told him, hey, it's an 82-game season. I got your back. He's had me on plenty of occasions where I had an off night and Russ took over offensively and put the game on his shoulders. I'm his counterpart and I've got to do the same for him. It's a long season. There's going to be games like that. Now, he's obviously a great fit as a basketball player on this team, Mm -hmm. but we don't talk enough about how great of a fit he is as a personality. It's so true. Because personality wise, he's absolutely the kind of second star you would want to pair with Westbrook. So shout out to PG. He seems like an extremely pleasant person. (laughs) He is. He's incredibly pleasant almost all the time, except for to the referees, um, which I think (laughs) some fans enjoy. Uh, Yeah, Taylor tweeted last week at some point that Paul George is like everything that we really wanted Kevin Durant to be, like in real life. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was trying to think back, and I think probably early in KD's career, he was more like this. and then eventually there was like the KD is not nice campaign. Yeah. And, and over the course, yeah, like over the course of that decade, like he, he did start to develop an edge and it just doesn't seem like Paul George has much of an edge, which would might be a bad thing if he was like the best player on your team. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's perfect where he is right now. And he's such a good counterpoint to Westbrook. Yeah. Yeah. He was awesome. Uh, Dennis Schroeder was really good off the bench too. He had 23 points and six assists. He just, he kills the jazz, which is really a nice, nice to have a player on our team, uh, not named Russell Westbrook, uh, or Paul George or Steven Adams that kills the jazz. I think he, he averaged over 30 points per game against the jazz last season. Uh, yeah, his quickness is just something that I just don't think this jazz team can deal with because they're really not a very athletic team. They're a team that just relies on good scheming. Uh, they have a lot of really smart players. Uh, but when it comes to like pure athleticism, like who's is, is Dante Exum's probably the most athletic person on the team. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is yeah. obviously really athletic, but like Rubio's not a crazy athlete. Gobert, Ingles, Favors, Crowder, Cephalosha at this point. I mean, there's they just don't have a lot of athletes. And that's another thing that the Jazz commentators talk a lot about is that maybe this team just isn't athletic enough for this NBA. Yeah, actually I was reading uh, some of the Utah jazz subreddit, um, which overall was kind of boring. They're not as fun as rockets. Fans. Very predictable. <laughs> very, very predictable. But the one interesting thing that someone, somebody brought up was they were mad 
that Quinn Snyder wasn't playing Exum more against OKC's second unit for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. Um, because they were like, he's our best athlete on the team. Like, you have to play him against the Thunder. Like, they're this super long athletic team. Why is he only getting nine minutes? So, yeah. Also, Kyle okay. Clover missed so many open threes. The Thunder left him up like three times. I'm like, all right, it's going. And then it like bounces out. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Anything else on that game? I thought that was, this team is just overall, they're very fun. I've talked to many of my friends that are Thunder fans. They're like, I'm having fun again. Like, this is probably the most <laughs> fun team that we've had in, in years. I mean, the Westbrook MVP year was, was fun, but you knew that like there wasn't a lot of potential team wise. Uh, this team has a lot of potential and there's still, we have the impending Andre Robertson return at some point and who really knows what that looks like, but still like you have like an important player that could be added to this team at some point and everybody's, the shooting is still a problem and it's going to continue to be a problem for this team, but, um, they're still very exciting and I feel like they have a really high ceiling, obviously the highest ceiling that we've had since Durant. So it's exciting. Yeah, we should probably mention the big men. Uh, both Steven Adams and Nerlens had nice games. Uh, Adams had a bunch of just straight post-ups against yeah. Gobert, which was awesome. Michael Cage was loving it. He was. Cage was <laughs> absolutely loving it. Man, Steve is so good. He's gotten so much better. And he's not, I've said this many times, but like he's not better at a lot of different things, but he's just, you know, times two what he was last year you know, on defense, on the offensive end. And some of that's like responsibilities have changed for him because he doesn't have as much responsibility on the defensive end. Uh, but his offensive game has really opened up. You know, he had 22 points and seven rebounds that night. <laughs> this is hilarious. He had six offensive rebounds and one defensive rebound that night. <laughs> uh, but he's he's just unbelievable. He, he's been so, so good for this team. Uh, and he's perfect in so many ways. I saw somebody wrote like a Stephen Adams All Star Game column or something. I don't remember. I don't know who it was. I just saw the tweet. I didn't read the article, but uh, I think I think that's a little much. <laughs> I don't think. Th- I mean, you take a look at the Western Conference. I don't think that he's making the All Star team, but at least he's getting a little buzz. Oh man, if he got a shout out in the Zach Lowe column. A la Brandon Knight a few years ago. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> That's all we're looking for, you know? Just need a little shout out. Yeah. And, yeah, Nerlens has been awesome too. I I just am hoping that at some point that Schroeder is going to be able to throw a lob to him that's at the right height. <laughs> because I feel like every lob that gets thrown to Nerlens it goes way over his hands or something. Um, but yeah, he's been really good for this team. He's another guy that I was like, well, I want to see how this team plays against the jazz. I don't want to see how Nerlens does. Well, he was, he was good for them. His plus minus doesn't look good because the jazz went on that crazy run in the fourth quarter. Um, but still he had eight points and four boards and a block. I thought he was really solid. Yeah. I'm looking forward to tonight. Uh, those big guys are going to be needed again. Yeah. Uh, playing the Pelicans. Uh, now Miritich is out. Etwan Moore is questionable and Alfred Payton is out. But they've had a weird stretch of games. In their last eight games, they've gone four and four, but they've alternated wins and losses. Um, and they've beat a couple of decent teams. But I, I don't know what to think about the Pelicans right now. Hopefully that alternating ends now because they lost to the Boston Celtics, like the very short Boston yeah. Celtics by 13 the other night. So. Yeah, this the Pelicans are are super interesting in a lot of ways. Uh, you have like the Anthony Davis storyline. Uh, you have Julius Randle, who's been pretty awesome <laughs> this season. He's averaging nineteen and nine on almost three assists a game. Uh, he's been very very good for them. He doesn't really fit that team very well, um, but he's been super good. And I feel like. Like somebody has got to sign this guy in the offseason, give him some decent money because he's he's a really good player. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Miritich has that's a huge loss for them against the Thunder tonight because the Thunder, I feel like they play pretty well at the rim, 
And so if you ha- don't have that stretch four out there that can really kill you, I think that that's good. Because other than that, like who else do they have that can actually shoot the basketball? I mean, if Etwan, <laughs> if Etwan Moore and Miritich sit, I mean, Darius Miller, Tim Frazier, Wesley Johnson, yeah. Andrew Harrison. I mean, they, they just they just don't have anybody that can shoot it. Drew Holiday, you know what Drew Holiday is shooting from three on the season? What? 30%. Wow, that's that's two pat numbers. That is two patty. Wow. That's that's kind of crazy. I did not expect to see that. Yeah, they play the Pelicans tonight. It should be it's an interesting matchup for OKC. It's another kind of you know, prove yourself kind of game, even though this team is below five hundred right now. Uh, they're 14 and 15 right now. They're 11th in the West, but still it's like a team where it's like, Oh, they have Anthony Davis. Uh, this team, the thunder historically have lost to this team in close games against Anthony Davis. And so to just go into new Orleans and win a game, I think that would prove something to the, to maybe the general public about the thunder. Uh, and then later this week they have a back to back against Denver who Denver's injury report is horrifying. <laughs> They've lost. I think they have Paul Millsap that's out four to six weeks. Uh, Gary Harris is out with a hip injury. Uh, they're just really struggling. Will Barton is still out. Uh, and then they have like their guys that have been out all season. Mike, you always forget Michael Porter is like a part of this team and like a potential part of their future, which he's like, could be like their missing piece. Cause they're missing a big wing. Right. Um, and he could be awesome for them. But then Isaiah Thomas, who you forget, plays for them too. And then Jared Vanderbilt, who's their rookie, who they thought they might get something out of. So uh, they have a ton of injuries, and that's an interesting matchup. And then they get the Clippers at home on Saturday night, who got blown out by the Raptors, the Kawhi Leonardless Raptors last night. So they have a yeah. interesting week. It's so hard with how many teams are right around 500. Like You don't really know what a good win is. Because, like, if they go, you know, including the Jazz game, if they go two and two over this week but beat the Jazz and the Pelicans, I don't know how to feel about that. Because then, you know, anyone who wants to make the case against the Thunder would just say, well, those are just two more wins against sub-500 teams. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And and the same thing with, like, wins over, like, a Rockets team or something like that. Yeah. It's just, I, I don't know who's good yet <laughs> i'm still trying to figure it out like i don't know if the clippers really are this good team like is a is a win over the clippers really better than a win over the jazz like i don't know right i <laughs> i don't know the answer to that either because the clippers have not been very good lately uh so yeah it's it is been it's been such a weird season i don't feel like i have a grasp at all for who the good teams in the west are I, I have like, no idea. I, w- I was ready to count out the Spurs, and then now they've won three in a row, and they like killed the Jazz, and they've won three games at home. It's like I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to look ahead and see like who's their next big test. I mean, they have Houston on Christmas, but like their schedule continues to be pretty easy. Like after these few games, so they have the Pelicans, Denver, the Clippers, then they get Chicago again, then they get the Sacramento Kings again, then they play Utah. And then they play Minnesota. Like those games are still; those are like very similar to these games we're playing now. It's like, oh, like if you beat Minnesota, is that good? Like I don't know. Like they've been pretty good, but that's not like a like a staple win. Then they have Houston on Christmas. And they play they play Phoenix again. How in the world does this team play Phoenix again? That makes no sense. Then they have like the home and home against Dallas. I guess beating if you beat Dallas twice, that would be kind of good. Yeah, those games are scary. January 2nd is probably the one to circle. They play in LA against the Lakers. I think it's at Portland. Yeah. At Portland, which they will undoubtedly lose. But if they, that's a, that's a schedule loss. I don't care if it's not on a back to back or something. Portland is always a schedule (laughs) loss for the thunder. We're such Uh, a party town, you know, I know it is. People come here. Um, but yeah, I think January 2nd is like, that could be a signature win for this team against the Lakers. God, I hope they win that <laughs> it would be, at Sacramento game. Oh my gosh. I know. They That's the one to. that I'm just staring at. <laughs> I have to. Alex, I need to take a second to talk about the mule because it's so delicious. I went there the other day and got 
the BCLT. It's like their play on a BCLT, but it's like a grilled cheese version. Uh, it's unbelievable. You can get some avocado on it. It makes it even better. I've got the French fries that are just perfectly seasoned. Uh, it's just a delicious place to eat. It's over in the Plaza District near downtown Oklahoma City. You can get yourself, right now it's kind of cold, maybe a little dreary out in OKC, getting uh, tomato soup and a grilled cheese is just perfect. Uh, they have a great bar as well. They've got really creative cocktails, a uh, good beer selection, lots of local beers there. Uh, you can also go there and watch a Thunder game. So if you're looking for a place to watch the Pelicans game tonight, you should check out The Mule. Support the people that support Down to Dunk and eat at The Mule. Uh, okay, Alex, I have a game for you. All right. I, have a st- I don't know what it is. I have a stat for each player on the team. Uh-huh. Uh, they're random stats. Some of them are easy. Some of them are more difficult. Uh, but I just wanted to kind of have a way to talk about each player and how they've been so far this season. And so uh, we'll start with this one. So I'm going to say it's kind of Jeopardy style. So I'll say this player leads the Thunder in PER. Mm, and I have to answer in the form of a question. You have to answer in the form of a question. And I'll give you two chances on each one. Okay. Okay. So that's was the, that the first question? That's the first one. <laughs> this player leads the. I know it's not an example. It's a real question. This player leads the Thunder in PER. Mm. All right, PER favors big men. True. Uh, score a lot. Now Paul George is having a really nice season, mm-hmm. uh, but it could be someone like uh, I'm going to go with who is Nerlens Noel. Ding ding ding. Twenty three point five. P.E.R. Uh, he's, he's been just a he's been probably a little bit better than what we expected because he comes yeah, he, he, he comes to this team played for Dallas and all you really heard about him last year was he ate a hot dog and that's really about it and so you didn't really know what you're getting from him uh, and he's been super good for the Thunder as a rim protector as a guy that can give you a boost off the bench uh, to get that guy on a minimum contract is it's a complete steal. Yeah, I was going to say of everyone on the team in terms of like living up to their contract, he is definitely one of the ones exceeding it. Yeah. Uh, this player is last in points per shot attempt on the Thunder. Points per shot attempt. Oh, man. Who would be the. I mean, okay, so I guess I'll go. I'll say who is Patrick Patterson? Who is Patrick Patterson is the correct answer. Woo! Two for two. <laughs> two for two. He uh, he struggled. A lot of the, a lot of guys on the Thunder have out outplayed their contracts or overperformed or at least meeting expectations. Uh, not too Pat. He came into the season. We thought he was going to start. I mean, I was firmly in the Patrick Patterson should and will start, and he did. Uh, and it took what did it take four games? No, three games before they decided to to change the starting lineup. Uh, and it was obviously the right choice. Jeremy Grant's been awesome. Uh, and Patrick just continues to struggle with his shooting. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been terrible because I was a two-pat stand before the season started. And it's just been a slow progression to, I don't know if he should be playing, but <laughs> we kind of have to play him because we do kind of need a backup big. And the fact that he's a theoretical stretch for. Yeah is exactly what this team would need on that second unit and especially to play with Nerlens, but it just hasn't worked out. But I'm, I'm, I haven't given up like my last strand of hope. I'm still holding on. Yeah, I, I am too. I think he'll turn around at some point. I think his shot will, will turn around. Maybe I'm an idiot, which I've been very, very dumb on a lot of things. So this might just be another one. Uh, okay. Next one. This player has the highest percentage on pull up jump shots. Highest percent. Okay. So now I got to keep track of who I've said because you said this is one for every guy, right? One for every guy. Pull up jump shots. Pull up uh, jump shot. All right. Uh, (laughs) This is tough because no one really shoots that well. Uh, Could it be? Oh man, because I okay. My my initial my my inclination is to go to Paul George because he's been great, but he actually mm-hmm. hasn't shot that well from the floor. So I'm assuming there's some pull ups mixed in there. 
I'm going to say, who is Paul George? And no. Get one more chance. Who is um who is Dennis Schroeder? And oh, man. Uh I laughed out loud when I saw this. It's Raymond Felton. Oh gosh, I would have never said that. I actually forgot he was an option. Forty one percent pull up jumpers. I laughed so hard and then cried when I looked at everybody else's percentages because they're all like under forty. Flawed stat. Flawed stat. <laughs> it is. Uh I'll give you a hint on this next one. You're gonna have to dig real deep on this one. Oh, but man. this player leads the team in average speed. Average speed. I have to dig deep. Yeah, dig deep. Like really deep, really deep. Who is Abdel Nader? No. Oh, well, that was the deeper deep as I go. Deeper, deeper than that. Yes. <laughs> are, did you include guys who like are on not on the team? <laughs> on two two way contract guys are on this. Yeah, I mean that has to the, be. Uh, is it that one guy? <laughs> I don't even know his name. Tyler Davis leads. Who's Tyler Davis? Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Davis leads the team in average speed. I couldn't How find it. How fast? How fast? Uh, I don't even remember. It's not not even worth talking about because he's played like <laughs> thirty five seconds for this team. Uh, uh, he does lead the team in like all these like rebounding percentages uh, in very limited minutes, but he is like a super good rebounder and he's been great for the blue and the blue. If you haven't been tracking the blue, like they've been awesome this year. Oh, Uh, really? And Tyler Davis is a big part of that. I have not been tracking the blue. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) not many people have. Okay. This player leads the thunder and total drives, total drives. Mm, That seems like mm, I'm going, who is Russell Westbrook? No, how not? How is it not? We talk about how how much of his shots are at the rim, whatever. It's somebody right, else. Fine. Who is Dennis Schroeder? <laughs> it's Dennis Schroeder. He leads the team Ugh. in total drives. Russell Westbrook does lead the team in drives per game, though. Oh, I didn't factor in the injuries. Yeah, it's a games it's a games played thing because he averages like I think three more drives per game than Schroeder does. Okay. Um, but having a player that gets to the rim, he doesn't always finish super well at the rim, but at least gets to the rim. Offers up offensive rebounding opportunities for Steven Adams and Nerlens Noel uh, and just breaks down the defense. It's been such a huge thing for this team. And so many people, I don't know why, everybody just hated Dennis Schroeder, like national media people. They're just, I, I, I can barely find anybody that like liked him going into the season or liked the trade going into the season. Um, but he's forcing everybody to change their opinion of him because he's been awesome for the Thunder on both ends. Yeah, he had one of those weird career arcs where he was really good in a reserve role and everyone liked him when he was in a reserve role. Mm-hmm. And he was probably like a smart NBA guy at some point in his career. Mm-hmm. And then he got paid and then he was the starting point guard for a terrible team. And so everyone just turned on him. Mm-hmm. They're just vicious. And I, I think that's pretty normal. I think that happens to a lot of young guys, actually. Yeah. Um, that could, I mean, that could be Pascal Siakam one day, you know, when could he's be. making like 20 million a year. Oh my gosh. No, he's going to, he's going to get maxed out and everybody's going to be like, you know what? That's, that's probably right. That's probably the right thing to do. Just to max out <laughs> Pascal Siakam. Someone's going to do it. Someone's going to have to do it. Uh, another weird stat for Schroeder. He's made exactly 1000 passes on the season. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. It's a useless stat. Completely useless. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, very round number. I'm in Oklahoma City and I love round numbers. Uh, okay. This player leads the team in offensive win shares. Offensive win shares. Uh, that sounds like a who is Paul George stat. Eh. Oh, come on. <laughs> offensive win shares. I, I mean... I feel like if it was Westbrook, that's too obvious. So I'll say, who is Steven Adams? Who is Steven Adams is correct. Yes. 1.9 win shares. He's sharing so many wins with his teammates. <laughs> it's such like his personality. It's such his personality. Okay, this stat, I found another stat for Steven Adams that was really kind of crazy. So he leads the team in assists off of post-ups. He has six this season. Guess how many he had all of last season? Um, ten. Eight. Oh, I was close, though. <laughs> Eight. 
he's almost eclipsed the number of post-up assists that he had last season in, you know, a, a fourth of the games. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he's he's. Did you see a friend of the timeline, Steve Thunderfan? He put up his like basketball reference stats uh, talking about how <laughs> like if you look at every single one, every single category, Steven Adams has improved over every season. They keep increasing. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, like nothing has stayed the same, which is pretty <laughs> wild. He's he's gotten so good. Uh, you know who led the team in assists off post ups last season? Um, Mello. Mello. Yeah. Yeah. At 11. And I bet Cantor was the year before. It was Cantor. Cantor had like almost 30 the year before. I think he had 28 the year before. And Steven had like 16 the, that year too. Mello just loved to eat up the space in the post for the thunder <laughs> and took so many touches he had so so many touches it was just insane do you ever miss him do you ever miss him andrew uh I when you're in those post-game scrums that's the only time i do because he was awesome in that yeah. in those situations he wore a lot of cool sweaters oh really i'm not a sweater guy but he wears some cool sweaters uh this player leads the team in defensive win shares okay Defensive win share. Uh, gotta be. Who is Paul George? It is Paul George. Uh, he's He's been incredible. And we talked about him a little bit earlier. But the way that he's controlling the game on both sides of the ball. He's taking ownership of this team. Uh, you know, I last season, I was kind of beating my head against the wall as to why this team was so bad on the defensive end without Robertson. Because it was like, okay, they should at least be average. Like, let's make this an average defensive team without Robertson. And that seems like an impossible task. And it's like, well, we have Paul George. We have Steven Adams. We have Russell Westbrook, who was engaged sometimes. Like, why can't this be a good defensive team? They brought in Corey Brewer. I mean, it was just, right. it was maddening. Uh, and this season, you know, I feel like he's more locked in. He's more committed. Uh, it's just different. He's just different. Some of it, I think, is definitely health. So I don't think that he was healthy at the end of last season, um, but he's he's in his prime. This is prime Paul George on both ends of the court, uh, and you know, I, Kawhi Leonard gets a ton of love, and I think Kawhi is better than Paul George. But I I think that we need to talk about it as if they're a little bit closer than what people say, because I think they put him in like firmly in a tier much lower than Kawhi Leonard. But I just don't I just don't know if I buy into that. Yeah, and looking ahead to the Defensive Player of the Year conversation, it's it's kind of worked out for Paul in that two stalwarts like Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert just aren't having great seasons. Right. Um, either because of injury or there's teams not playing well. And then Anthony Davis is people that is a guy people talk about, but his team isn't doing well either. So it really, like right now, it feels like it's PG versus Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Um, Kawhi's missing a ton of time. He's si- he exactly sat, he sat last night. Yeah, and as long as OKC can stay ahead of them overall in defensive efficiency, I really think Paul George is going to become the favorite. Yeah, although I'm very much rooting for Draymond Green to win Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> Why? Because if he wins Defensive Player of the Year, it triggers his ability to get the supermax. Oh, <laughs> he's not getting a supermax. He's but if he has the ability. He's going to push for it. Don't you think? think uh, yeah. He, uh, but, he can play the I've taken discounts. I know that they're going to be like, there's no way we're giving it to you. But I just feel like it could give a little bit more tension to that group. Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like there's enough signs that they're going to combust on their own. We don't have to help them, Andrew. We don't have to say, hey, let's give the Warriors a few more awards <laughs> and then eventually it'll work out for us. <laughs> hey, I th- hey, I think if the Warriors win two more rings, it's then then that'll really screw them up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just saying that if Paul George doesn't win, I'm rooting for Draymond Green. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> right here, because I do think that he I, I do think that he's a guy that would probably think about the pay cut that he took. And it's just like not doing that again. 
who else would be a candidate for defensive player of the year? I guess Giannis, Milwaukee's high up. They're fourth. Yeah, Marcus um, is a guy people mention. Oh yeah, Marcus I forgot about him. Yeah, I just don't they're think the Grizzlies six. can. I don't think the Grizzlies can keep up their the pace that they started on, and they're showing that now. They've lost a bunch of games recently. Uh, okay, this player has the best percentage on catch and shoot threes on the season. Best percentage on catch and shoot threes. Well, no one does that on the Thunder. Uh, okay, let's see. It can't be. Well, it could be. Um, I'll go. Uh, who is Alex Abrinas? Oh, no, 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 no. Well, I, you're thinking too hard. I am. Yeah, you're thinking way too hard. Uh, who? Oh, who is Jeremy Grant? It is Jeremy Grant. 38% on catch and shoot threes this season. He's overall like almost 40% on catch and shoot shots, period. Just, <laughs> just insane. I think Alex Abrinas is at like 32% on catch and shoot. Poor so, Alex. I know. Uh, but Jeremy Grant, like, do you believe, do you believe in the shooting? Are you ready to believe? Uh, yeah. I'm, well, I don't want to say that cause that's, I'm going to jinx him, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been a, it's been a long enough cause when did he make the turn last year? Was it right after All star break? Like the shoot, shooting better. I think that's right. Let me look at it. I'll pull up his splits. So uh, it's probably been about f- four months of good shooting now. Yeah. And he didn't take, he didn't take that many threes though. Last season, this season he is taking a lot of threes. Yeah. He's much more willing to just shoot those threes automatically when he gets them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pre all-star game. He was 25.6% from three post 37.5. Yeah. 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 I'm on 32. I'm all in on Jeremy. I feel like Jeremy's been the biggest surprise for me personally. I just, I, I didn't know if he was going to be this kind. I mean, I was asking for two Pat to start over him. Yeah. And now it seems so much more obvious. Like their, their defense works way better with uh, Jeremy in the starting lineup. And if he's shooting those threes, well, it's like, yeah, he's way better than two pad, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's not even close. Yeah. And it's uh, and not even mentioning the kind of defender that he is this season. Yeah. I mean, he's better. He's like Steven. He's better all around, but he's added to add that three point shot is so, so crucial for this team because if he wasn't hitting threes, like just imagine what this thunder team would look like if he wasn't hitting his threes. I bet you they would have lost uh, several of these games without him, without just that ability, because everybody else is just not shooting the ball well. You have Jeremy Grant at 39% from three this season. You have Paul George at 36%, Schroeder at 34, and then it drops down to 32 for Abrinas. And then we go to Deontay Burton at 31%, Ferguson 30, Patterson 30, Diallo 26, TLC 25, Russell 21. I mean, it's. If he wasn't shooting threes, I mean, who else is doing it? I mean, it's it's kind of terrifying. Uh, yeah, that's true. I, you know, that Jonathan Chark's article, his kind of conclusion was like the Thunder have built a really interesting and really good team, even if they still haven't perfected like what you're supposed to do around Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does feel like, especially with the starting lineup, the shooting is almost there. Like we, yeah. we just, we really just need Ferguson to shoot more threes. Right. Cause if we could get him shooting like three to four threes a game mm-hmm. and then you have Paul George and then you have Jeremy Grant, then all of a sudden that starting lineup, it, it is kind of that ideal scenario with shooters surrounding Westbrook and then a great pick and roll partner with Steven Adams. Yeah. Yeah. Ferguson shooting 2.6 threes per game. Wow. That even seems high. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It had to, I mean, that's happened to be an average kind of thing because he's, he does, he does not shoot a lot, but he's been, he's been pretty good. Ferguson has been good. He's been, he's been super good lately. Uh, Okay. This player leads the team in catch and shoot threes, three point percentage in the last 10 games. In the last 10 games. Uh, now, uh, Terrence Ferguson, who's Terrence Ferguson? It is Terrence Ferguson. I, I, was, I didn't want to give it away cause I was going to just lead into it and just give it to you. But, uh, he's shooting 57% the last 10 games on catch and shoot threes, <laughs> but it's only seven. <laughs> <laughs> so he made four. 
He's made four out of seven. Cool, cool, cool. But he's shooting with confidence. Like when he shoots it, you're like, yeah, like do that again. Keep doing that. And I feel like they don't look for him very often because he is wide open in the corners quite a bit. Uh, but I feel like his game is turned around quite a bit. I mean, I think if you go like the past 15 games, I think he's closer to like 35, 36% from three. And if that's his average on the season, that's huge for this team because he can, the way that he's defending, I mean, it, he's a part of this team being the number one defense too. Cause he's, he's a guy that recovers to shooters really well. He is so quick. He can be in a spot at a moment's notice, uh, he's just playing a role. He's had some really nice blocks at the rim this season too. He's a great help defender. Uh, he's been really good for this team. And as, as much as we killed him to start the season, he was that bad, but he has improved over the course of 20 games more than I would have ever expected. Yeah. And he tries so hard he on does. the defensive end. Yeah, he really does. He's, he's been a really, really solid player for them. And, you know, to get production out of him and out of Jeremy Grant. Those are two things they didn't have last season after Dre went down. And so they didn't have any production from the two. And the production from the four was like very, very forced. <laughs> it was like yeah. they were just really, because I mean, what you heard from the Thunder moving forward the whole season was just like, let, you know, maybe Melo can, you know, get it together for a playoff series or maybe he can help us win a playoff game with his shooting or, I mean, but it just, it obviously it never, ever happened. So, <laughs> uh, next one, this player leads the, the team in every passing category possible. Uh, uh, this is an easy one. Who is Alex? Uh, who is Russell <laughs> Westbrook? Yeah, it's Russell. I mean, like secondary assists. I mean, uh, everything passes per game passes, uh, passes to him is the most on the team. I mean, it's just everything, but, uh, he, and he's an amazing passer. He showed that he showed that pass against Steven Adams or to Steven Adams the other night. But he's, he's just been incredible this season as a passer, as a point guard, uh, which is like speak, like we talked about like evolution of players, like the evolution of Russell Westbrook, from where he was to start his career to today uh as much as people hate on him and you know call him out for bad shooting or whatever his evolution has been incredible really and the fact that he could control help control the game while shooting so poorly the other night um and help this team to a win was really impressive because a lot of people love to harp on him but he can really help a team out uh in a lot of a lot of ways not just scoring so uh, that passing is, is super important to this team and their identity. Yeah. And like we talked about earlier, the fact that they have a team now where he can have that type of game and they still blow out someone. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that just wouldn't have happened two years ago. If he had had that oh, type no. of game where he had one of those weird triple doubles where it's like barely a triple double and he looks great in terms of passing. He looks great in terms of being active on the boards, but he just can't shoot like they would have gotten destroyed. Yeah. And, and to be clear about his triple doubles, like this season, I don't think I've seen him try to get a triple double. No, not really at all. Like, like they're just happening. And so a lot of people love to, I haven't, I haven't seen him stat really stat pad all that much this season, which has been interesting because I mean, there have been last season, the season before there were games where like he was visibly stat padding, which is fine, but I haven't really seen it from him this year. Uh, okay. This player leads the team in free throw percentage. Ah, who, there he is, finally. Who is Alex Sabrinas? <laughs> yes, 88.9% from the free throw line for Alex. Finally. Oh, and a positive one, too. Yeah, I think he's just got to turn it around. I think he's such a rhythm guy. He was he was really good before he got sick. And so I just have to believe he's going to turn it around. With the amount of open shots that he gets, he's going to start knocking them down. He just is. It's a, To me, it's a matter of time for him. Yeah, and he's exactly what they need off the bench. Yeah. Uh, next one. This rookie has a positive VORP. Oh, my gosh. That is so rare, Andrew. <laughs> it is. I, I actually brought this up to you specifically because I know how much you know about this. Who is Hamadou Diallo? Hamadou Diallo has a positive VORP, uh, which means that he's better than just your average replacement level player in the NBA. Which and for, I have no idea how it's calculated, but looking at VORP over the years, it's so hard for rookies to have positive VORPs. He's really good, man. 
he is i think he's, he might even be a little bit better than what people think he is at this point because i feel like some people are kind of playing him down a little bit but i feel like it's really hard for role players on the thunder to have like a good per you know like right right now like uh, last season you look at guys and like oh, they have like a five per i feel like they've been playing really good lately <laughs> i mean yeah um he's got a 15 per which is like that's like your average nba player and it's his rookie season uh that is also hard to do it is hard to do Uh, he is he just he makes things happen uh he makes shots at the rim that that the shot at the rim he had the other night where his hang time felt like forever was just like how does he do that like that is just so crazy the potential that he has is just through the roof mckelly and i talked about you know, potentially trading him for like a Trevor Ariza. There's just no way I would do it. There's no, no chance that I would ever do that. I just think that he, he obviously could end up being a bust and it not work out. But I just, I, I feel like we've seen too much to trade him for a win now move because I think in three years, like the potential that he has uh, is kind of crazy. Yeah. And the thing that clinches it, which you brought up was the bargain of this contract. Yeah. And that's going to be so important for this team going forward to have guys on soup. I mean, he's going to make less than 1.6 million two seasons from now. Yeah. <laughs> and to have that on this team where you're going to have Paul George, Steven Adams and Russell Westbrook, like it just increases his value exponentially. Yeah. Diallo is fourth in wind shares per 48 minutes on this team. Pretty good he's good <laughs> it's also really hard to just come in for you know some nights he's only playing like eight minutes per game and still make an impact right and he right. does it every single night it seems he does he's very good you don't have those advanced stats and not make an impact in the short amount of time you're playing uh team shoot 58 percent on this thunder player oh that doesn't sound good <laughs> uh uh, who is left? Who am I not thinking of? Uh, we got him. We got him. We got him. We got him. Uh, who's left? There, ah! there are three players left. Oh, okay. Okay. I, th- I know one of them. Uh, who is TLC? It is TLC. If you're looking for a reason why he's not playing is that teams are shooting 58% when he guards them. Yeah, that's not good. 58%. Uh, this Thunder player leads the team in Lego shaped heads. Ah, I know that one. Who is Deontay Burton? Deontay Burton. I couldn't find like a fun stat for him. Like he's like he's just been okay for the Thunder. Um, but also like a guy that if he was on the team last year, he would have played a ton. Like he would have played yeah, a whole lot because he's better than like a lot of those players that I named the the six players that I named. Like he's better than a lot of those guys now. Uh, he still makes a lot of mistakes. I feel like he's got a lot to learn on the NBA level, but you can see the makings of like an NBA depth piece, like your ninth or 10th guy. Like that's, it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up being that guy. Um, he's super, he's just super fun. Everybody already knows how much I love him. He is so big. Like his, I was looking at their weight. (laughs) He's huge. 15 more pounds than Patrick Patterson. Yeah. He's dense. Four inches taller than him. He's dense super dense because you wouldn't like standing next to him you wouldn't think that really he weighed that much yeah he should try to catch steven adams he could be the, the fattest <laughs> player on the team hey. he only needs 20 more pounds hey hey deontay <laughs> you should put on 20 more pounds so you could weigh more than steven adams. <laughs> that just doesn't seem right like you, you, i don't know what's going on maybe he's putting weights in his shoes or something There's, he doesn't look that big standing next to him i'd like oh, to wow. s- he he weighs this says that he weighs more than Draymond. I was thinking Draymond was like up see, there. I need to see him on a scale, to be honest, because he's not that tall either. Like you stand next to him, like he he's not that much taller than Ray Felton. You should bring a little a little scale into the press scrum. <laughs> hey, uh, Deontay, we step on this for me. <laughs> uh, last one. This player has been completely uninteresting for the Thunder. Who is Abdul Nader? Abdul Nader. There's some there's some high hopes for Abdul Nader heading into the season. Well, they gave him that contract. They gave him the contract, which he, he, I guess that's a cheap another cheap contract. Yeah, and he just doesn't play, which is okay. But he's like another wing that's like 25 years old. That let's just see if he's a guy. 
And right. so far, he really hasn't been. Although he's shown some flashes in, in the minutes that he has played. Um, but he's just like a nice depth piece where if you do have a ton of injuries, you fall back on him. But I just never, I really never imagined at the beginning of the season that when they did have all those wing injuries, that they would be relying on Deontay and not on um, Abdul Nader or TLC. And I or guess TLC, yeah. Yeah, they relied on TLC some. Uh, but to this point in the season, if you would have told me 25 games in, um, I guess 20, yeah, 25 games in, who, who has more minutes total? Deontay or TLC? I'd have been like, oh, you're crazy. Like, it's got to be TLC. Like, it, it, it's Deontay. It is Deontay. He's out there. You keep harassing him. I keep seeing you send him anytime someone makes a Lego <laughs> joke. <laughs> keep sending it to him. He likes it. He thinks it's I know. Funny. Apparently, he likes it. He thinks it's funny. That his head is. I mean, it's it is shockingly shaped like a Lego head. Almost every time I see a picture of him, I'm like, oh, like it really is. Like I, I'm saying it, but then I'm like, see, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, after you brought that up, now we're we're starting to get like Christmas cards in from like family and friends. Yeah, and uh, I've picked out a few Lego heads from people's children. Oh, have. <laughs> Yeah, I'll show my wife. I'm like, look, wife, another Lego head. I found one. <laughs> that sounds like a blog to me. Lego head people. <laughs> Lego head humans. Uh, Alex, we have a This Week in Thunder history? Uh, yeah, not only do we have a This Week in Thunder history, we have two This Week in Thunder history because the first one's really short. Uh, see if this sounds familiar, Andrew. This is from December 8th, 2010 says in search of more energy from his team against Chicago on Monday night, Thunder coach Scott Brooks benched Kevin Durant and Jeff Green less than three minutes into the third quarter. The strategy didn't quite work out in the short term as the Bulls turned a six point lead into a 16 point margin (laughs) while Durant and Green sat for the remainder of the period. Chicago eventually won 99 to 90. Andrew, we had our own Jim Boylan. On the Thunder back in the day. <laughs> we did against Who the Bulls. Knew Scotty Brooks had this mean streak in him. <laughs> By the way, Andrew, do you know Scott Brooks's middle name? No. It's William. William. Which means that we could have been calling him Scotty Billy Brooks <laughs> Scott, this whole time. Sc- Scotty Billy Brooks. <laughs> Scotty Billy Brooks. Um, okay, now on to the main event. Uh, this is just a nice family friendly one. So gather the kids around. No curse words in this one. Listen, uh, Andrew, this is from this. Oh, I'm not going to tell you this one this is from. This was from Friday, December 14th. Okay. Okay. Which is coming up. It's the anniversary of a Thunder First. Do you have any idea what the Thunder First is, Andrew? I have no idea. Of course not. <laughs> one of the Thunder's longest running traditions, something that OKC fans in particular have developed a knack for. Any ideas? I'm, of course, talking about the anniversary of the first ever made fan half-court shot at a Thunder game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, what year do you think the first shot was made? Was so it they two, start, they, 2011? They in, uh, it was close. It was 2010. It took 97 shots Wow. for a fan to make a half-court shot. And the first fan to make it was none other than Robert Yanders. <laughs> or as we have all come to know him, Bob the Yandy Man. Now, Robert was not just an ordinary fan, Andrew. As the article here states, unbeknownst to the Thunder Entertainment Department, it randomly selected a Hall of Fame basketball player out of Sunday night's sellout crowd inside Oklahoma City Arena. Yeah, Yanders is a member of the Missouri State West Plains Athletic Hall of Fame for leading the fighting Grizzlies to the 1998-99 NJCAA Regional 16 Championship. He also led his high school in Milwaukee to three straight state championships. Wow. Now, he would eventually try out for the Milwaukee Bucks before taking his talents to the British Basketball League, where he played for the Scottish Rocks, <laughs> named after rocks, the things on the ground. Now, if any Thunder fans out there are listening and you want to get chosen for the half-court shot, you need some tips. Well, I've got them for you because... On December 14th, 2013, Jenny Carlson wrote a story about the half-court shot yeah. because over the course of a 28-game period, Thunder fans shot 17.9%, which is actually insane. Mm-hmm. That's They made five of 28, and three of those <laughs> came over like a six-week period. 
Now, based, she talked to a bunch of Thunder people, and these were her tips. First, you have to be there early, at least an hour before the game. That's when they pick the person. They pick them like right when people enter. And the other thing is you have to look like you can hit the half-court shot. I thought that was interesting that they put that in there, but the Thunder Ops guy was like, yeah, we really need to believe that you can actually do this. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the Thunder and MidFirst Bank do not want you to embarrass them. Oh At least get it close, you losers. That feels sad. That feels really sad on the inside. <laughs> it does. So you want to get, you want to be jacked, but you don't want to be too jacked, you know? Because <laughs> if you've ever seen like a real big muscly guy try to shoot a basketball, it looks goofy. So you got to be like kind of in between. That's right. <laughs> and that's what they're looking for. You need to, you but, need to have a leanness, do you? Yeah, that's that is my that is definitely one of my my dreams for life. You have you have the look of a guy that can make a half court shot. I'm just saying. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet of you. <laughs> I feel like I would have a good shot. Well, I've seen you practice it. Yeah, I mean, I used to spend hours. <laughs> I actually have a friend that made it. Oh, really? Yeah, same as Brad Brucker. Oh, I saw him. He was one of the names that was listed. Yeah, he. He went. I went to church with him, and he made the shot. Now, was he either the guy? So, there's one guy that was tackled by KD, which, by the way, I went and rewatched that video, and it looked dangerous. It looked like <laughs> KD almost hurt himself. And then another guy got to meet Jay Z because Jay Z was courtside. That was that was Brad. He met really Jay-Z. man. Yeah. Which one would you rather have happen to you? It in 2010 or whatever year that was, or 2011. Uh, I mean the KD thing like went viral. Yeah, became like, a big thing. But I'd be too. If you told me like, "Hey, KD's going to jump on you, and you're both going to fall down," what if he got hurt <laughs> from jumping on you? You'd be the guy. Yeah, that hurt KD. I mean, KD now, did it to himself. But and, and then with Jay Z, I'd just be I'd screw up. I, I'd be worried about just giving him a dorky dad handshake. You know? Oh yeah. Looking, the lame-o. You'd, you'd go in with the fist bump, handshake, fist bump, handshake. Yeah. And then but also, Beyonce was right there. Right. Your your friend didn't say anything to Beyonce. I would have talked to Beyonce. <laughs> what would you say to Beyonce? Um, hello. <laughs> Hi. Hello. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the game. Oh, man. Uh, you have uh, anything else before we go? Uh, uh, well, Andrew, one more thing. I will okay. be home this weekend for the Clippers game. Oh, you will. Yeah. So I got to find a spot to watch the game. You, you should go to the game. I should. Yeah. People should give me tickets. Send give me Alex tickets. tickets. I'm, I'm going to be at the game. Oh, really? In yeah. press row? Uh, not on press row, but I, d- I did get my seat upgraded though. Not, not on press row though, but where do they make you sit? Do you sit uh, in the middle part, the club section? So it's like in section one Oh three. Oh, that's low. So, that's, yeah, that's, it's nice. I was surprised. I didn't even know it. John Hamm. No, was, wait. What, go ahead. Wait, where's all the candy, though? Because I thought that was way up high. That's up top. That's that's only during playoff time, though. Oh, okay. 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 But you can go. Halftime for the media is... It, see, in a, a lot of the media just take this for granted. I'm just telling you this. But at halftime, as a media member, you can go down to the media dining, and they have popcorn and soda and coffee and everything just waiting for you you just walk on down there and you just get it and it's free is there anything other than popcorn and soda what do you mean like is that it that's the snacks that's snack time they have dinner like oh really that you can eat for free for free what it's unbelievable they have a really nice salad bar at every single game Uh, i love a good salad bar i know they've got and then they have like main entrees and a dessert for you and it's just for media? Yeah. Oh, that's, man. I that's, need where, to, I need that's where I was when I took those pictures of Vlade. Divac. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they even have people... This is awkward. This is very inside media. So they have people that come and take your plate from you and to throw away. Oh, wow. You are royalty. I know. I feel so awkward about it. I, I rush to throw my own plate away every time. Or like try to like pretend that I'm still eating when they come by. I just feel too weird about it. That's so cool. So you, you get to, I'm assuming like opposing teams, media members go there as well. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. If you have like a press credential, you're on a list and you check in. This It's the same lady there every time. You check in with her and you just go eat food. It's an unbelievable experience. I'm just telling you. 
It's just unbelievable. Hmm. Hmm. They need, sounds like they need more people that would uh, not take it for granted, that would really appreciate it. <laughs> I know. They need to bring you in. Let's see if we can get you a one-day press pass for Saturday. <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. You can follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our show at Down to Dunk. Just take, I'm serious, 33 seconds to leave us a five-star iTunes review. If you have an iPhone, it seriously will take about that much time. Click on the Purple Podcast app, search Down to Dunk, hit five stars. It's that easy. Uh, you can also leave us a little note. I read every single thing that's written there, um, good or bad. And so I appreciate uh, good constructive criticism if you have it, but I also appreciate the compliments that you give us. Uh, I see every single one. So I hope you guys have a great day. Watch the Thunder on national TV tonight. I forgot that it was. It's on ESPN tonight. So the Thunder play on national TV tonight uh, against the Pelicans. So enjoy that. And we'll talk to you guys again on Friday morning.